Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode 164. B-Pimp, what's up with you? I'm just excited to talk about things. Yes, I am as well. Amet's here. If you are listening to when this is released, or even if you're listening to it after, we have just passed our great American holiday, the 4th of July, celebrating all things America. But now, now that we're past the 4th of July, we have to reflect on things that America could do to improve. And there are many things. So P-Pimp and I are here to break down the top five American cultural things that baffle us. Baffle us. I don't know if that's the word that you would use. I'm trying to think what else would be more fitting. Confound, uh, perplex, stupefy. Yes. All good descriptors. And even before we get into it, because there's a lot, I mean, I've got the soapboxes ready. I've got five or six just ready to roll and I'm going to step on them all over them. We're going to be about eight foot nine with all the soapboxes that we're on. Definitely. That is like, if I were to lower a basketball hoop to (laughs) six inches off the ground, that would be nearly 18 basketball. Yep. Yeah. So the universal scale that we've created of basketball hoops. Before we start, though, I have a whiskey from honestly an area that I don't think we drink a lot of whiskeys from. This is Wyoming whiskey. Ooh, I've heard of that. Small batch bourbon whiskey, uh, distilled and barreled and bottled in Kirby, Wyoming. I don't know where in Wyoming that is. I haven't heard of it. And I've definitely been through Wyoming a couple of times. Batch number 95. It's aged five years. And... I don't know. I like the look of it. Uh, it's uh, 88 proof. And uh, yeah, I've got it here actually in a wine glass because I didn't seem to have a clean uh, whiskey drinking glass, but I've got a, a one big rock in it as well. So I'm going to pour it in there, give it a smell, give it a taste, and let the folks know at home if uh, Wyoming is the Kentucky of the west i hope it is because that would be a great thing to put on the uh in the welcome center yes definitely i uh the smell is pretty strong and i i I don't know if it's because this glass is shaped differently than i'm used to and it's releasing more of the smell or concentrating it more i'm not sure but i was almost taken aback when i gave it a smell and i say this like fully realizing that i'm a little stuffed up so i didn't even think the smell would come through as much, but it definitely does. Kirby is directly smack dab in the center of Wyoming, right by a river. Okay. How far from uh, Cheyenne are we talking? It looks like, it looks like a couple hours Northwest. Okay. All right. Cheyenne is my main point of reference. Maybe Casper. I've been there too. It's about, it's about Casper is closer. So you'd be going in the right direction. If you pass through Casper on your way to Kirby. Okay, good to know. As the crow flies. And crows do fly. Crows fly, yeah. That's a Midwestern saying. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. That's like if you didn't have to drive on a road. Yeah, I think most people go by that. And actually, the difference between how you would have to drive or walk or wherever somewhere between how a crow could fly it can be very stark differences here in the Bay Area. I was going to this one town over the Oakland Hills just called Moraga, 
which as the crows fly, this house that we were going to was probably three or four miles. It still took 25 minutes to get there because we have to go over this hill and then the road is so windy coming down this hill. It's almost kind of scary. Wow. Uh, and then we're there. But like if a crow is doing it, no sweat. That crow would be like, this is child's play. Yeah. Although I suppose now how does as the crow is flying though, how does that take into account elevation changes? Because that's not that easy on the crow, I'm imagining. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. We need to get a, a who would be a good person to interview about this? Like a linguist? No, uh, interview Lisa. Oh yeah, let's have well, Lisa. Can you come on the podcast next week? Yeah, she doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of our wives listen to our podcast. <laughs> no, not a chance. Nope. All right, I took my first sip as we were discussing important things there. Yeah, yeah. I also wanted to mention it looks really cool in that wine glass. So that could be a. It's a solid backup whiskey glass. I do like it. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I didn't mind putting it in there. I'm sitting with the first sip. It was pretty smooth. The alcohol content was like kind of low. I mean, it's only 88 proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does have just kind of a a crispness to it. Not in a bad way. Maybe that's a weird descriptor for whiskey, but it does kind of have that a little bit more. I'm almost getting like the mountains of Wyoming in this bourbon. Like that maybe makes the, sense based on where it is. Yeah, maybe the water is coming straight off the Rockies. I don't know. But it has, it's a little lighter than the bourbon that I'm used to. I get a little bit of a sweater on the inside feel, but not much. Uh, so I'm going to give that, give it a second sip to see what I think about it. The light uh, windbreaker on the inside. This is like almost the equivalent of uh, like an all day IPA. Like a Shout little out, bit lighter. Tom. Yeah. That second sip. It's an even taste. It's not trying to do too much. I don't feel like a bunch of different flavors hitting me. I just don't even catch one flavor in particular, but it does have a nice mouth feel or mouth coat okay. as, as we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Mouth parka. So I think I know which way I'm starting to go with this, but I do... I do want to give it that third sip just to make sure. It's very important. This is how you know. This is video evidence of the um, seriousness with, with which we take our jobs as whiskey readers. I, I feel like we have to take this seriously. Otherwise, how is anybody to know? How is society to function any further if we don't? Yeah. I did get like a, a slight leaf funny-ish aftertaste on that third one, and I don't know if it's because I took the sips too close to each other or I didn't cut it with anything. That could be part of it, but it it is... Oof, this is tough, because the first two sips, I would say this probably goes on the smooth train. The third sip started to go in the direction of, are you, you going to make this train in time or not? I'm not sure. Running for the L. Yeah, but... I think as I'm sitting with it a little bit more, the whiskey was reasonably priced. It was in the 30s. It is a whiskey I would sip. And I think if anything is in the 30s, and I would I would reasonably sip it on its own. Like that's that's a kind of its own stamp of approval. I'm gonna put Wyoming whiskey, small batch bourbon whiskey, 
on the smooth train. I know there's maybe not a lot of passenger trains running through Wyoming, but uh, this one belongs on it. I'm I'm happy because I'd heard of it and I thought I heard good things about it. So I didn't want to taint the, the, you know, I didn't want to poison the well um, before you reviewed it, but yeah, I heard good things. So I'm glad to see that it's on the smooth train now. No, it is. It's on that smooth train. Um, all right. We have got to get back to talking about the American cultural things uh, that we find confounding, baffling, sickening, whatever yeah. it is. Before we jump into our fop- top five list, though, I wanted to do a little rant, if I could, on oh, the yes. Electoral College. And this came from a little bit of research that I finally had the time to do. And it actually ended up not taking me very much time at all. So <clears throat> I think everybody knows this about the Electoral College. It's actually part of the reason I think it's even set up this way. If you live in a smaller state, your vote counts for more, essentially, relative right. to your average person in the U.S. So what I did is I, I took some stats and I took the population of every U.S. state as well as the number of electoral votes that each U.S. state has and will for the upcoming election, because things have changed a little bit based on the latest census. So I took all that together, and I was interested to see, like, we know there's a difference between large states and small states and, like, how much of a voting say each person in the <laughs> state gets. It's a huge difference, which I don't think I really put that together. So... If we said, roll with me on this one, uh, both you and listeners at home, the average person in the United States has a voting power, and this is a term I'm just using, a voting power of one. So if we say that the average person in the U.S. has voting power of one, the average person in California, our nation's most populous state, has a voting power of 0.84. Okay. Meaning my vote is about 84% as powerful as the average person in the US. Now, this doesn't take into account things that like California is a super blue state. So, like, you can weigh those things differently. And that's going to change election to election anyway. But just on its face, that's what my vote counts for. For a smaller state, and there's lots of smaller states, but let's take a real small one. Folks at home might also know that each state has at least three electoral votes because they're going to have at least one congressperson and two senators. So that's your three electoral votes. So your smallest states, your least populous states of one of which is Wyoming. Um, Actually, Wyoming might be the least populous state. I have to double check, but it has about 576,000 people. So uh, not only does it have about what would that be? That's less than 0.2%, I think, of the U.S. population. Uh, but their voting power per person in Wyoming is 3.2. Whoa, I was not ready for that. Right? That's crazy. I knew that. I, I, I thought if you're, based on how much yours is diluted, being in like a very blue, very populous state, I thought it would be like representative of that on the other side. Like they would have more, but like not that. that that's insane. Yeah. And I mean, this discrepancy, at least in current elections, benefits red states by and large. Like, no, oh, yes. Not totally. Like, Texas gets screwed a little bit. They have a low voting power because they're the second most populous state. Okay. And 
Hawaii is a blue state. They benefit from this. They're not very populous. Right. Um, same with like Vermont. They're not populous either. So there are, there are exceptions, but by and large, this is why you would be much more likely to have a Democratic candidate win the popular vote and lose the electoral college. Yes. I mean, it's happened twice in the last seven elections. Yep. Um, so, so that's one of the things. But I'm going to take it one step further. I don't want to just talk about the fact that Wyoming voters are, matter almost four times more than I do. Which is crazy, Wyoming, because your whiskey is good, but it's like not that no, good. Four times as good as the it's California one. Four times, yeah, geez. Um, maybe it's four times as good as one of the California ones I had, but still. <laughs> Here is the added layer, and I'm going to take this to the Supreme Court. I say this like half jokingly, but I am going to write an actual article about this because I, I want to get it out there, but I, I almost want to run it by this podcast first. The one thing that most populous states have in common, again, this is not true with every populous state, but a lot of them, is that they're more diverse than your less populous states. Yep. So what I did is I looked at the demographic breakdown by race and ethnicity for each state. Now, the average white person in California, an average black person or Latino in California, has the same voting power as each other. I mean... There's other elements that go into that, like like barriers to vote. Yeah, voting stations they have in like uh, different neighborhoods, but abilities to go vote if you don't get a day off to vote. Right, right. I'm not even getting into that. What I'm getting right. into is if you look at your average white person, your average black person, your average Latino in America across the okay. board, what is their voting power? Gotcha. So I went in thinking that there probably is. A discrepancy just because your smallest states and again not always but a lot of them are some of your whiter states as well like your vermont is super white uh your wyoming is pretty white so i went in thinking like probably the average white person has a little more voting power than everybody else but i wasn't sure i wanted to know the stats so this is what i found your average white person and again, we're not going to see the kind of discrepancies you saw on the state level. That's that that would be ridiculous. But your average white person has a voting power based on the same uh, metrics I was using before as one point oh two five. So basically, one hundred two point five percent, a little over one. Uh, over your average black person in the U.S., they're at point nine seven eight. So basically. Your average white vote in the U.S. is about 5% more, let's say, influential than your average black vote. Okay. It's about uh, almost 8% more than your average Asian vote and almost 10% more than your average Latino vote. Wow. So that's like, these are not small numbers. No. I think more than any other reason, though... I mean, historically, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to go back and say like the electoral college, I don't think was, as far as I know, not formulated with any racial intent. But this is what happens because of the electoral college. Right. Like yeah. there is tangible results. A dis- like a pretty big discrepancy there. Yeah, um, that's pretty shocking. What is interesting is. And I think it's because Alaska has a very high, is a very small populous state uh, and has a very high 
uh, relative to other states, concentration of Native Americans. And then Hawaii uh, is also not a populous state. It has a high concentration of Pacific Islanders compared to the rest of the states. Mm -hmm. The voting power of Native Americans and Pacific Islanders is actually much higher than white people. Wow. But it's also like very tiny populations. Yeah. And I don't think anybody would argue that Native Americans get too many benefits. So, no. God, Jesus Christ. Every time I read about, can't even go down that rabbit hole right now. <laughs> no. Point being, the uh, minorities in the US with the highest population being uh, Black, Latino, and Asian have way less voting power than white people. Mm -hmm. And this is something that has to change. Yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah. And, and I you know think. The conservative project largely right now is to try to rip and claw onto that disproportionate power as long as they can. Yeah. And I want everybody that's for the electoral college to know that this is, if you're for it, this is what you are for. White right. people having a bigger say than everybody else. Yep. Which is no longer feasible or relevant or accurate. Yeah. All right. We got to talk about a bunch of other things that we got to change about this country as well. So mm -hmm. let's not waste any more time. These are, what would you call it? Top five. I Here, I'll tell you what I, in my notes, here's what I titled this list. Okay. Top five things about American culture by which we are confounded. Ooh, all right. Top five things about American culture by which we are confounded. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right. What is your number five? My number five is something that I would not have to try very hard to sell you on. It's the the dogged insistence and absolutely insane over-reliance on cars as our main form of transportation in this country. It's crazy. It's I'll have crazy. more about to say later. I knew you'd be on board with that. Yeah. It's just like, I don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole, but I mean, just like environmental impact. Um, common sense of like the best way for like individuals happiness and less like less accidents and more efficiency like everything that you could look at it's like the least it's the worst way to get around everywhere basically it's single-handedly ruined the way all of our cities and suburbs look yep parking lots everywhere Multiple high-rise parking structures for, like, one corporation. Just don't even get me started. Yeah. I just... There are so many suburban homes where you... Not only is it impractical to walk places, sometimes you, like, cannot even do it. Yeah. Even I have to give credit. credit. I have to give credit to our town, Streamwood. They sent. They recently sent us a survey about, like, if you've walked or ridden a bike around this area recently, like let us know how we can improve your experience because they're actually trying to do that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I was just in Palm Springs for the first time, like like four or five months ago. And it's a cool town surrounded by mountains, but they just have, and a lot of California cities have this problem. Their roads are just like three or four lanes and like normal roads, three or four lanes in every direction. The street is like, a hundred feet wide. It is just so like you could have been so quaint and nice as a town and you just ruined it because you insisted that people be able to get through at 45 miles an hour with no traffic all the time. Yep. Not good. Yeah. Terrible. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's weird to think like what if cars didn't exist and they just started existing? And it would just be so weird to be like like we have to do everything to accommodate our 4000 pound death machines. Yeah. That's what we're, we're basically a lot of the issues that we could talk about will have their core in the in this idea. Yep. Um okay. I think that is a fantastic one. My number f- uh, five, mm-hmm. it was kind of tied for number five, but I decided these are basically related. It's the way that we think about vacation time in terms of work, not only just vacation time, but also parental leave, that there is no national parental leave or federal parental leave policy at all is fucking insane. Yeah. And the way we think about vacation time and what companies generally offer in terms of vacation time is also insane. Most European countries are like six weeks off, no question. That's like if, the starting point. That's like the starting point. And it's just crazy that we just don't do that. I think it's really dumb. Mm-hmm. Like people just grind at work. I don't think it, they're more effective because they take less vacation time. Nope. And not at all. I, I, we just have such a weird, the way we think about procreating in this country is so odd and backwards. Um, like I'll have more to say on part of it later, but uh, we just make it so unfriendly for people that want to have kids. They cannot get time off. Uh, there's like no help hardly for daycare or anything like that. And it's so expensive. Yeah. Like then people are going to be incentivized not to have children. Right. Which clearly this country does not want that. Right. Yeah. So it's ah, it's just stupid. It is. That's what makes this list confounding. It's like yeah. Ah. Sometimes there's just nothing. It's it's just like yeah, this is just insane. We don't. There's no explanation. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's your number four? My number four. It's, it's bear with me a little bit. It's a little bit of a mixed bag, but it's kind of like a combo of I'm going to call it fetishization of corporations and like a missed opportunity for more working class solidarity uh, across races. Um, I think there's, there's just something odd about the way we assume that a corporation's intents are benevolent and we kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. A lot of the times when really a lot of our evidence shows that most big companies are, uh, are not going to be a net positive um, for society. Usually it's a negative. Usually they're draining um, assets and usually they're, acting in the interests of like a few relative to their um, impact negatively, a few people or a few groups of people's positive impact, usually financially. Um, and I just don't understand why there's like, an, like everybody just kind of gets on board with this and like gives them the benefit of the doubt instead of being pissed off about it. And that leads into the other part because most of us that don't have like generational wealth or like work in like a, a year job. We have a lot more in common with the working class people that like I live around personally. I live in a working class neighborhood of people that do all kinds of jobs. And no matter if they're, you know, Indian, Hispanic, uh, black, white, whatever, like we all have a lot more in common than we do with some ad executive at Pepsi. But it seems like that's what, that's what we like give the benefit of the doubt. instead of like all these people who we should be kind of like, advocating for so i just don't understand why that's not more of like a yeah duh like we should do that it it seems like it's kind of radical but it shouldn't be 
No, I agree with you 100%. It does feel like I think the mega salaries that execs like your ad exec at Pepsi get doesn't, I mean, it turns some people off, but it doesn't turn enough people off. And I, part of me thinks that there is maybe not, not everybody in the U I actually, I would say most people in the U S probably don't feel that way, but there's enough people in the U S that feel like someday that could be me. Yes. I think that is a large reason behind it. Which is maybe speaks to opportunities that exist in the U.S., but also is so detrimental to the, like, you should never have a CEO who has a salary that's 100 times higher than somebody that works at the company. But you, like, have that over and over again. And not 100 times, like, a, a thousand times. Yeah. Like, you can have just ridiculous it. differences. And I wonder if there's anything we could do to... I've always thought about this with the minimum wage too, because I like everybody's like fight for 15 and that kind of thing. Like it shouldn't be a set dollar amount. Like that's dumb. It should mm-hmm. be a percentage of probably a percentage of median income. And it can just shift over time. That, like, yeah. Your minimum wage should never be less than whatever that a 50% of your median. That's income. a yeah, much better way to like control that, I think. But let's do it the other way too. Like a CEO can never make whatever multiple. Yeah. More than uh, like the average person at their company. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's no, I'm sorry. It's just like, we, we kind of have, this is a little bit of a generic soapbox on this list for me, but um, I just don't accept the idea that any one person deserves the amount of wealth that we have. We have a lot of people in this country that just are disgustingly rich and we kind of like, celebrate them and yeah. I, I don't understand why that's no, all the either. money that should have been helping all the people we see so many homeless people there's like infant mortality rates in this country that are obscene like this is all tied to that <laughs> yeah it's uh no I, I i don't know i i do agree like there's a certain am- amount of like celebrating that and celebritizing that and it's fucking weird yeah it's strange uh all right my number four kind of speaking of the mega rich when you see mega rich pastors, I find that particularly disgusting. So my number four <sighs> is mega churches. I, I don't have a lot to say about this. I just will say this. There is no God there. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. There's not much better way to say that, honestly. Yeah. All right. That's it. What's, yep. your, what's your next one? So my number three is fireworks, which is kind of a weird one, but it's a personal one for me because we have small dogs. Um, but I always feel bad for like people who suffer from like PTSD and there's a lot of people that just the giant, especially like the obscenely loud ones um, that tend to go off in our neighborhood are just, I, I, this sounds like just me being a complete like lack of fun, killjoy person. That's fine. If you think that, but I just don't see the net positive to see some like colors in the sky very briefly for, or even the ones that don't even have anything visual. And it's just like, I want to hear a loud noise. I don't understand that. Like, I just don't understand that. I don't understand why that's fun. I don't understand why, like, you get a thrill out of, like, almost taking your arm off, which we've seen people do. Like, it, I, it just makes no sense to me. No, I uh, I have not had the issue with, like, actually, for whatever reason, Ducky, despite the fact that he was a greyhound and mm-hmm. I would think would have, like, some PTSD from, like, a gunshot sound when he was racing. I actually had no issue with fireworks. Oh, okay. Which is lucky. 
because I don't know another way to say this. Oakland is completely fucked with fireworks. Yeah. The worst year was the first pandemic year. It was awful. Basically from the beginning of May all the way through the 4th of July and then a few more days, because I don't think everybody used all their fireworks, was every night and very close here. The actual 4th of July here was fucking insane. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we had somehow our daughter just slept through it. I don't get it. Props to her. We had, I couldn't sleep. Like I, our dogs were freaked out completely by it. Every time if we had some that were going off that were so loud that it, lo- it, it, it sometimes made me concerned that it was a gunshot. Um, and I just, I, I have, I never liked them. I don't understand it. And I still am perplexed by it to this day. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, they're like really expensive too. Yeah. You should see the, the all the billboards if you go from Illinois to Indiana. Like the last fifty billboards before the border are for uh, crazy capitalist fireworks because you can't get them in Illinois. Yeah, and you get twenty percent off your meth too if you get some fireworks with it. Bingo! Uh, all right, my number three is you mentioned it earlier, car culture. I think it probably should be even higher for me because I work in transit. But I- yeah, you're the expert on this. <clears throat> I don't even want to talk about this for the, that long because there's so many different components to talk about. I think what is so sad in many ways is that when this started really becoming a problem in like the 40s, 50s, and going into the 60s especially, is cities would get rid of all of their streetcar lines, either bury the tracks, pull them up, whatever the case might be. Almost every major city in America had a pretty extensive streetcar network which is so sad to think about. And this is through like very aggressive in many times lobbying from car companies saying like, we got to get rid of this. Uh, Even buses would be better than trains or trolleys. And that slowly moves into just more people having personal automobiles. But I think one of the trickiest things is in a lot of cities now, owning a car is going to get you somewhere faster than the bus or train or whatever is in your transit system would, except for in like some pretty dense cities, areas of Chicago, definitely New York, and maybe a couple other spots, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even in San Francisco and a part of a couple areas. But like, yeah, and that is something that has got to change, but that can only happen with a certain amount of funding for transit. And we just don't do that in right. the US. And it is so sad that we don't. Yeah. Because I don't know what. It'd be such a better society. It would. I don't know what it's going to take. I feel like it's inevitable that we'll have to do that at some point. I just don't know what it's going to take to get us there. I don't know. And like people get SUVs as like their personal vehicles, which is what are you doing with that? Right. Yeah. I I have to get $800 worth of groceries from Costco. Yeah. I I just don't. I don't know. Elena. uh, Well, and Malcolm, too. We went to the city today and we took a ferry to the city and then we took the BART uh, and walked the rest of the way back. But I just missed, I would have taken the bus from BART uh, and BART's a train for people that don't know. Uh, But I just missed the bus. And on weekends, Mm. my bus is every half an hour and it's about a mile walk. So I just walked, which is fine. But at the same time, if this were a lot of denser European cities, like a half an hour bus, that's a joke. It should be every 10 minutes or less. Right. And I could have taken it, but these are the things that we have to decide that we fund as a people. Yeah. 
for the common good which we i don't know what it's gonna take yeah yeah um okay your number two my number two is (laughs) denial of basic scientific facts Ooh, i like it so i'm talking to you Kyrie irving flat earther i'm talking to people who don't understand um that religion is a made-up story and not the reality of what's happened in the world i'm talking to people who don't understand that climate change is very real and very terrifying and already we're like way behind and it's gonna happen no matter what you think and we have a lot of stuff that we need to do but it's never gonna get done because we've got a bunch of people who are like i'm not really convinced yet um which i cannot understand and confounds me uh infuriates me i just sometimes i think i'm in like a parody of some kind of alternate universe where we just are surrounded by like the dumbest uh like clones of like the dumbest person in any given society at every, any given time because it's just it's mind-boggling to me well you know especially that is a great one especially on the climate change element of it you know we have dealt with the effects of wildfires especially on the west coast yeah actually the whole western u.s for Mm -hmm. a while now every year uh but then there was those canadian fires and that really affected like the east coast of the u.s right and uh my friend be like who has been a guest on this podcast yo what's up uh but he did joke that like well at least if the smoke goes down to dc maybe it'll finally some politicians will get it yeah Uh, it's really happening but they won't they won't care yeah they won't care Uh, um the thing that shocks me too is like we even see it we don't have we're probably in one of the vapor areas for climate change around like the great lakes i guess maybe but even all the areas you probably are yeah but like even here what i've noticed personally anecdotally is like more intense storms like we'll have like longer periods of drought and then we'll have intense downpours which i growing up just like i said anecdotally I don't remember the extremes being as present as they are now. And that seems like another an- like another side effect of, of what's going on. Yeah. I feel like every time I see a story out of Seattle, they're like, Seattle, record heat wave, like well over 100 degrees. Or they, beat, yeah. they beat their old temperature. This was scary. They beat their old high by like five degrees. Oh, God. It's not like they just topped. Like they crushed the record. That is not good. No. I grew up there. It was never ever a hundred degrees. It seems to happen every year there now. Yeah. And then every year it seems like it's also snowing there, which also didn't happen when I was growing up. Yep, exactly. It's very and weird. The Oakland, you've told me it since you've lived in Oakland, some like really intense heat waves you've had, and that's not common there in the past, is it? No, not common here. Yeah. You've got the wildfires. I think the other like just change that's existed that is clearly impacting people is the Bay Area. Uh, at least around the bay itself, typically you would not have people with air conditioning. Right. But it has gotten hot enough where we even got air conditioning when we had to get central heating put in. And I'm, frankly, I'm glad we did, but it is a not good sign exactly. that like more and more houses are like, fuck, I need air conditioning. It gets yeah. really hot here. Right. Uh, oh. So, yeah, not good. Yeah, sign. but uh, shockingly, um, there's some people who still aren't even convinced that it's happening or has happened. No, I remember the about face that the, uh, not that I've watched a lot of South Park in the last 20 years, but uh, even the creators of South Park, I think in their early seasons, thought global warming wasn't happening. And actually, I don't think they are, are 
uh, apologize for much ever, but they actually apologized for that take on global warming and realized that it was incorrect and that, of course, it is happening. What? So in the past, they were denying it? Yeah, they did an episode that was like about Al Gore making up like a made up creature. And that creature oh. was like in reference to global warming. And then they realized, oh, actually, we're fucking idiots. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, but like, I don't blame them. Or, I mean, it's stupid that that was their original take, but people can change their minds and people change your minds. Yeah. No, that's no, that's good. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's, tr- it's good to change your minds with facts. That's what science is. Yeah. All right. My number two is gun culture. Double dip. Double dip. I don't have a lot to say on this one either. I mean, I've like talked about it to death. Not maybe not so much on this podcast. I've written songs about it and whatever. Great Um, song. But I thanks. But I would say it's the you purchasing a personal gun will make you safer is perhaps the dumbest viewpoint you can have in all of American society. It's weird that I put this number two, but I did. But like, that would be like if you were being afraid of being set on fire, so you purchased just handheld gasoline to have with you at all times, so you could throw it on somebody else first. Or that commercial, that the SNL skit, um, the Halloween costume where it was just like rags and oil and gas. <laughs> that I feel like we've referenced that skit now twice, and like. It- it's one of the greatest sketches ever. Written. <laughs> it always comes up. But mm-hmm. yeah, it is our gun culture is really profoundly stupid. It's not even <laughs> confounding. It's just stupid. It's yeah, it's straight up stupid <laughs> on its face. The thing that I love is that the main reason that people get all up in arms. Oh god, I can't believe I just used that term accurately. They they get all upset about it is because they think like if you if I wasn't allowed to buy a pistol, I can't protect myself from the FBI or something. We've got fucking predator drones, bro. Like you have no chance. <laughs> if, if if the government wants to take you out, you're never gonna know that it happened. You're gonna be gone before you ever know. So yeah. if you want if you want personal predator drones, okay, that's a different discussion. If you're trying to even the even the playing field between you and like the SEAL Team Six or something, it's never going to happen. It doesn't matter how much fucking ammunition you stockpile; it's never going to be an equal playing field. So it's all stupid. Yeah, I mean, I very much agree with that point. If any president we had actually said that, that that would even alarm me. But it was like, look, pal, don't get a gun. We'll take you out anyway. That's the but, truth, though. It's true. Like it, is true. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> But at the same time, I like I want to appeal more to people's baser sense of just like forget the government aspect of it. Right. If you purchase a handgun and understand this, it is not even close. It's not even statistically close. If you purchase a handgun, you are now more likely to die of a gun. Yeah. No, you're right. You don't even need to get beyond that. That's the truth. Like, yeah. If that's your idea, because that's the thing I usually say is like, I do, at least I can understand like somebody who legitimately does hunt and has like some kind of like slow loading hunting rifle or something, or somebody who just literally has like one tiny handgun in their house for personal, but like, even that's insane. I get it. That's the only time I'm like, okay, I understand sort of, but I still don't. But then we have like these AR 15s and like semi-automatic rifles that anybody could buy. That it, there's just no 
there's no way to defend that. There's no way to even like start no. to defend it. It just shouldn't be available to people, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I uh, no, it is crazy. All right, what are we? Where are you at? Your number one, right? That was it. Oh, that was your number one. All yep. right. Okay, my number one. I really went back and forth between putting guns number one. I'm glad we had a double dip anyway. My number one is I'm just going to call it a bizarre concept of freedom. Here, there's a lot of ways to take this, but I I think when you think about like what makes the U.S. great, for some people it's like it's freedom, uh, and I know like that's just like an abstract concept. I think a lot of people think the U.S. is the only country on earth that has any freedom at all Mm -hmm. and i would argue that the way that we think about abortion in particular is so anti-freedom like you are basically saying that i I feel like a woman who wants to have an abortion for whatever reason there could be Uh health concerns with the baby you are taking the choice of what she does with her body away from her and if you don't have control over your own body that seems like the most fundamental freedom you could ever have more than anything else right and i don't understand folks who who shout pro freedom who are anti-choice yeah it's a core hypocrisy i think we live that's just more it's more proof that we live in a minority rule um like some kind of version of christianity ruled country that we don't even realize how much that's the truth but that's what it is because like that's more important to them than freedom or liberty like the anti-abortion laws that are coming in for states that are like set at six weeks is fucking crazy six weeks is nothing like very real example we did not know we were pregnant with malcolm until seven weeks how about that so that would mean no matter what you're already you, by the time you find out you're already disqualified from making yeah. a choice. Also, a reminder that even if I would never live in a blue city in a red state ever, it doesn't matter. And I think the ending of Roe v. Wade and states taking over on that is like all the proof I need that I would never do that. I would never live in any part of Florida. I would never live in Austin. I would never Madison. Live- uh yeah even madison i mean even states that are like close enough to swing states is risky yeah that's what that we've we've long thought about madison but it's just too risky to me to be the crazy ass wisconsin state government yeah so i don't know for me that is like the reason i put it number one is because it is the number one thing that a lot of people talk about the u.s and it is so off kilter with the way that we actually think about freedom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, great I think the best thing about it. the U S is our physical geography, which no joke. I think the physical geography of the U S is fucking awesome. It is. We yeah. have two coasts. We've got awesome mountains, deserts, rainforests, like great land for growing crops all throughout the Midwest. Like mm-hmm. we have a lot of awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think that's helped. I think that's been like a primary reason our country is the way it is in the first place, but we think it's actually like, I don't know. I think, I think it's less the governmental system and more physical geography of our country. Yeah. I think the other, just to put a, like a, even like even more on my soapbox about this, I warned you. 
Um, I think your point is excellent. That's like the best number one I can think of for this list because the other part of that is too, now we're seeing all these attacks on trans people and like people's um, personal identity and their sexual expression. And we're trying to repress that too. So it's like, it's not, is it really about freedom? Because if it was about freedom, you'd support everybody and you'd say whatever you, whatever you, whatever you feel like expressing and however you identify is the truth for you. And we support that. And we want to, you know, engage with you in the way that works for you but no we want to like really make sure that we shut everybody down and say you should fit into these boxes because we can't think about gray area we can only think about black and white so i just think that is exactly on point with what you were saying yeah i think ron DeSantis might be the most mainstream anti-freedom candidate we have ever had yeah and yeah. it's scary that it people is. actually literally think the opposite yeah, I see people with Daddy DeSanta shirts on around here. Yikes. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Do you have any on honorable that note? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I do have one honorable mention, um, which I wanted to get in, which is um pervasive advertising. We just it kind of goes with my corporate mm-hmm. one, but just we just kind of accept a level of advertising here that is unhealthy. And I think that I've heard stories from people that come here from other parts of the world and they're just shocked by the yeah. level that you're just inundated with like scam after scam on like mainstream television channels and radio stations. It's just like a stream of like multi-level marketing and scam bullshit that you have to wade through to live your day-to-day life. Yeah. I Going off of that one, I would say advertising for prescription drugs is fucked up. Yeah. Like yep. that, like just the fact that they will say in those commercials, "Hey, ask your ask your doctor about Prozentix or whatever." I know too many jingles from these fucking yeah, and like as evidence, those commercials are so incredibly beautifully, expensively produced. They look like they're often like stop motion computer animation or whatever it is. Like, did this commercial take like ten million dollars to make? How much money do you have to spend on advertising? They'll be like right. full on jingles with a cast of like 150 people. I, I was gonna say, yeah, they show like 16 different couples like slow dancing with no music. Yeah. They show <laughs> events that have really nothing to do with the product, but just like look how expensive of a commercial we can make. We can afford like 60 more extras, so we just had to throw this in there. This is why our healthcare is so expensive. Yep. Look at uh, the commercial people. Yeah, I, I mentioned the Electoral College. I went off on that. Just general sprawl of our cities has almost entirely to do with car culture. So I'll just, I think those things are tied in. Yeah. Uh, but I did want to put that in there. Um, also, NASCAR fucking sucks. Oh, boy. If you're going to watch racing, and I'm not even saying car racing can be very interesting, NASCAR is like the worst version of that. Yeah. F1 is so much better. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't understand any of it, but at least that or like rally car racing or something would be more interesting than yeah. fucking NASCAR. Driving around in a track in the middle of nowhere sucks. <laughs> Jesus. It's a new motto. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the last one I'll have, and this is a, admittedly a little bit different, but the fact that we tip like 20% in this country is stupid. <laughs> like pay your employees. Don't make them have to rely on tips. I agree, but I, I am an over-tipper. That's my philosophy. My I am too, but I'm fucking sick of that. Like The expectation is on the person to do that because yeah, you're right. your employee is so shitty. 
No, it should be like gravy for them. It should not be they have to live on the tips. Exactly. It should be yeah. a bonus, not actual like I have to have a certain amount of tips in order to survive. Yeah, you, you should, should see... not be able to tip sub minimum wage and you legally are allowed to. You should not be able to. Yeah, they the what the way bartenders are paid in this country is if anybody isn't aware and they saw like how the minimum wage for bartenders, it's nuts. Yeah, it's so weird. Like that should not be allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, folks at home, if you've got things about American culture that confound you, go ahead and send it to us, whiskey sessions music at gmail.com. We'll read it on a future episode. Uh, but we got to read your emails for this episode. Uh, so let me get to them. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read emails, and now we'll read them. All right, so we got one email in the inbox. So, B Pimp, we got to remind the folks at home, you got to email us whiskey sessions music at gmail.com. I'll say it or, if I have to, but go ahead, send us your emails. We will actually read them. We'll actually read them. Or if you want to send like an email via comment on one of our videos on YouTube, we can read that also. Ooh, that's a good call. Yeah, don't forget to check out that new YouTube that we've got set up. B Pimp has diligently set that up for you guys for to see those videos, post those comments. Uh, YouTube comments never go wrong. You got to see the plaid chair. Yes, you definitely do. But I mean, that's the spot where you can see uh, if we're looking at new basketball cards, you can see that. If you want to see the whiskey bottle that we have for that episode, you can see that. A lot of good content. Also, you want to see two pretty handsome dudes, too. Exactly. And Eloy Jimenez, uh, Mother's Day bobblehead from the White Sox. You can see that. You can see that. You never know what you're going to see. You never know. Uh, all right, we got one email that says, it doesn't even address us. It just says, oof, that's a bad start. <laughs> I love it, actually. <laughs> oof, I hate to say it, but this podcast has jumped the shark. Top five rad animals. Rad? Way to show your age. You might as well have done far out animals. That's and this nice is from me. Ronan in High Point, North Carolina. Thanks, Ronan. Whatever, Ronan. Yeah, but I'm just upset because that was our next episode. Now we can't do it. No, yeah, now we can't. But you know what? We're going to do tubular after that. We're going to do tubular. Ronan makes actually a good point, though, because psych, Ronan does not make a good point. (laughs) Got him. I will say, in I'm I'm in the business now of having small children and being at daycares and preschool and stuff with those kids, and then learning the other kids' names. Ronan has. (laughs) Everybody fucking named their kid Ronan. Really? Everybody did. Yes. Wow. If you take a snapshot of children under five, they are mostly named Ronan. That's crazy. Yeah. I uh I'll have to look at the actual stats, but I, I believe that is that is somewhere between sixty and seventy percent of all children, boys and girls, <laughs> are named Ronan. <laughs> I don't. Is there any Brian's you're running into? I feel like Brian is going away. I accidentally called somebody named David Brian because he just looked like a Brian to me. Okay, I like that. I support. So that. I'm trying to create more Brian. <laughs> yeah, we need to relabel other people. Like Brian. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Brian. I'm not hearing a lot of baby Brian's. Yeah, I can see that. That seems like it was of a time. Yeah, maybe like I, the 80s. I think there are more Brian's in the Midwest than the West Coast, though. So maybe I'll have to look at. Um, Look at the Midwest stats on that. There could be more. Ooh, we should have a top five regional baby names episode. 
Yeah, because I like there are. I feel like there are a fair amount of Brian's in the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you'll get other like Irish names like Mora, Kevin. Like, we know many Kevin. Yeah, but I have never met a Mora out here. Oh, okay. Or a Brian. Is that true? Yeah, I don't think so. So if I move out there, I'll be like an instant celebrity. Is what you're saying? I guarantee it. All right. Gotta yeah. consider that. You gotta. Uh, all right, folks at home, again, send us your emails. It's whiskey sessions music at gmail.com. Check out our YouTubes. We've got that up. Just go ahead and in the YouTube search bar, put in whiskey sessions podcast, and you're gonna find some delightful clips. Oh yeah. You're gonna see our our patented whiskey glass logo, and you're gonna see some great clips. Yes. Uh, all right. Until next time, BFM, do you have any words of lis- wisdom that you want to leave our listeners with? Sell your guns. Sell your guns. To a buyback program that destroys them. I want to start a buyback program that buys guns from people that want to sell them, and we turn them into train parts. Yes. Guns to I trains. Mean- Guns to trains, we get rid of cars and we replace them with trains. And then we have the smooth train. So branding wise, we're ahead of the curve and that train oh, yeah. is going around the curve. And then we're going to be millionaires and then we'll be talking shit about ourselves. In the future but episodes. we can only make a certain amount over what our employees make. Correct. I will not take a salary of more than $50 million a year. Correct. Okay. We have principles. Nice agreed. <laughs> yes. Yes. They said, let us pay you 60. And I said, 50 is enough. 50 is where I draw the line. I'm going to have like uh, a poster board out there and I'm going to be striking with people saying 50 million is enough. Yeah. I Uh, love it. All right. Until next time, this is Amet saying peace out. And Beefin saying bye bye.